Good day, all you beautiful people. I am your host, Chris Champagne. This is Toaster Tubby Time, and I am medicated for your amusement. beautiful people. So we're going to be a little less serious for episode two, issue two. Uh, We're going to have a little bit more fun, be a little bit more silly. We're going to talk about the one thing that although Gen X and millennials will always disagree, and that's really why we have a sub-generation of Xennials, one thing that they can all agree on, the best TV show, which is also the worst TV show. What would you think would happen if Phil Donahue, Vince McMahon, and Larry Flint were to have a baby together? You would end up with The Jerry Springer Show, the greatest and worst show of all times. Now, I'm not a TV historian, but I am willing to bet that at some point in time, every current reality TV show that thrives on drama and insanity was completely and absolutely inspired by the Jerry Springer show. It is the greatest piece of propaganda TV for just being completely insane to the fact that it's now become a cultural phenomenon. Albeit, Jerry Springer himself is a very interesting person. He's an army veteran. He was a former member of the Cincinnati City Council, and even after it was discovered that he had been involved with prostitution, he was still re-elected to City Council and then appointed mayor of Cincinnati, despite all this. So that alone is kind of enough to make an interesting story, but once you get into the show, it is phenomenal. And at this point in time, it's become more of a circus. Uh, Attendees say that people are just there bearing their goods, both on stage and in the audience, that it's pure pandemonium. And it looks like Jerry Springer is almost a corpse at this time (laughs) stuffed into a suit. But really, in the 90s and the 2000s, could you go into a college common room without seeing Jerry on the TV. It was a phenomenon. And you have to imagine that it started almost innocently. Like, we want to be Phil Donahue, but we want to be a little bit more edgy. And then it's gotten to the point where it's just complete and utter debauchery. I think, in all honesty, Vince McMahon could probably learn something from this and the fact that this is still going since 1991. He also helped spur on a bunch of other shows that were very much in a similar vein, like Maury, um, Dr. Phil, etc., etc., as well as TV courtroom shows that were going beyond what Divorce Court and 
people's court initially were and becoming more of satire and slapstick of reality, like Judge Judy and Judge Joe Brown, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot more. But really, I just want to talk about the the OG Jerry Springer and the Jerry Springer show. To me, when I was a kid, well, I'm 42, so when I was 18, 19, 20, I was a kid. But watching these shows were just hysterical. It was just, you never thought that somebody could write this level of insanity. And I'm not using the word insanity to belittle anybody who is going through any kind of mental issues. I am just using the word insanity because the level of shows that were there were just pure insanity. And it just made for the most mesmerizing television. You could just sit there and watch this show, and then all of a sudden, chairs are flying, boobs are popping out, shirts are coming off, people are ready to fight audience members. It it really did become a WWF, WWE, Attitude Era spectacle. And I would not be surprised if... Jerry Springer somehow influenced the WWE, WWF attitude era, just in the fact that you had Stone Cold, who looked almost like a spitting image of Steve Wilkos if he was a wrestler, but he had that Texas down south, don't fuck with me drawl, and the beers, and it was fantastic. And to this effect, I am absolutely going to credit Google for this because I could not remember all the insanity from the Jerry Springer show. But yeah, some of the shows included Daddy, Will You Marry Me? I, I can't even touch that. Uh, obviously, it was always Get Away From My Husband. Um, weird stuff like I Broke the Sex Record. You Slept With My Stripper Sister. Not your regular sister, your stripper sister. I Married a Horse. That was actually an episode. Kung Fu Hillbilly. I spent it all on the hooker. Now, really, this is just the most insane, psychotic show. And I really hope that I'm not hurting anybody's feelings who might have some kind of mental issue or whatever. But this was obviously all staged phenomena. Um... Obviously, these were people who probably needed a little bit of money for whatever they were doing. Um, maybe had some other deep-seated issues like needing attention or anything like that. But the reality of this show was it was fucking amazing. There's just no other way around it. It was the most fucking amazing TV show that was out there. It It was pure lunacy pure lunacy and just to watch it you could just sit there and escape just hey it doesn't matter how hard your world is these people might be real maybe these are real situations at least when you were younger and in college and did not have as much life experience um again being part of the gen x zennials um it is obviously thrown back to me how the world is different now just by flashing back to 
the real world first season, uh, where the infamous line, why do you have a pager? Are you a drug dealer? Came into play. And now every kid has the same kind of Apple smartphone, maybe a step up or a step down, but everybody's playing on the same playing field right now. It's not how it was back in the nineties. Um, but yeah, to not have the same access to information, not have real internet the way that we have it now that have dial up internet where you had to wait till nobody was on the phone. Uh, so you could not have this ease of access to information. So you really thought, Hey, maybe this crap is real. Maybe these people are this messed up. And I know for myself, there were times where I was kind of a little bit low and I would watch the Jerry Springer show. And I'm like, well, at least my life is not that fucked up. I just have some depression, but yeah, it was such an amazing ego boost, maybe Uh, not ego boost, but just a, a way to find some form of upliftingness when you were a little bit low. And this leads me on to kind of an important point that I do have to have for this issue. It's hard getting used to saying issue instead of episode, but yes, in this issue, if you have something tough going on, if you have some depression, you have some anxiety, and I know I'm not telling you to do this as just a escape all. I've been there. It's like, it's like telling somebody who has a paper cut and it just hurts so bad. And I could say that because we've all had paper cuts at some point in a time. And if you haven't, then I distrust you for some reason. But yeah, it's like telling somebody who has a paper cut, well, just don't feel hurt. It doesn't happen. It's real. And people don't understand that. But what I'm trying to say is sometimes when you are having a episode of anxiety, of depression, sometimes it might hurt a little bit less to just find something that amuses you. And sometimes if it is to watch somebody else who's just in a little bit of more pain than you, and you could just feel a little bit better, that's natural. That's human. That's fail army. That's America's funniest home videos. That is the dad who gets hit in the nuts with the wiffle ball when he's teaching his kid to play t-ball. We need that as humans to kind of wallow in somebody else's pain. Hopefully just nothing serious, maybe a little bit humorous, but it helps. And it it's an honest thing to feel a little bit better when you can laugh at somebody else who might be in a little bit of discomfort that hopefully they put themselves in, but hopefully is not permanent or seriously harmful. But yeah, if you see somebody trying to do something stupid on a skateboard and take the end of that skateboard into their nuts, feel free to laugh. And if it makes your depression or your anxiety or your PTSD or any issues that you're having that day, go away for a little bit. It's okay. I'm going to tell you right now, it's okay to laugh at somebody else's misfortune sometimes because it really is healthy 
and it really is human. And then after you have that initial laugh, you know you're going to feel the empathy, you're going to feel the sympathy, and you're going to be like, oh, God, I hope that they're okay. But if you had that initial laugh, then by all means, go nuts. My personal favorite one to laugh at that just kills me is this little prank where you take Nutella, and there's tons of videos on YouTube of this, but parents would take Nutella, they'd ask their kid to bring them a toilet paper roll, and then they put a little bit on their hand, and there's one little girl. She's at the sink, and she's just like, why would you do the, uh, why would you, uh? it is the funniest thing. And if you really want to laugh, go look that up. I'm not going to link it because, one, I don't know how to, because I'm just learning all this stuff. And two, I don't want to promote anybody else's anything at this point in time, but I really want to kind of put it out there that these things exist because they're fantastic. Something else is also to watch people who are trying to do pranks and then fail at them. The whole of all of this stuff, whether it be pranks that fail, pranks that work, or doing something stupid and ending up in some level of discomfort that's hopefully temporary, is down to the basic principle of Darwinism, or nowadays called play stupid games, win stupid prizes. But right now it looks like we're coming to a close on this issue, so I want to leave you with a little random thought that I had one day when I was driving home. Um, and this is a testament to how my mind is completely screwed up, but I saw a sticker on the back window of somebody's car in front of me that said, friends don't let friends knit drunk. And in the back of my head, I just started laughing, which then propelled itself forward because the back of my head was giving the thought of thinking about, hey, if I had a uh, drunk friend who was knitting, maybe they would knit a little beanie cap for my dick and that would be hysterical. But as I said, we are getting close to wrapping up this issue and I wish you all a good day and a better day and an even better tomorrow. And I hope that you all come back again for issue three, where I promise we'll do something a little bit different. We'll talk about comics, maybe. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about mental health. Maybe we'll talk about movies. I don't know. We will have to see what comes out of my head. All right. I love you all, beautiful beeholes. Have a good one. It's the way you walk. It's the way you talk. It's the way you shine. It's the way that turn in a wagon on in a wagon night. And I'm sorry not to follow me. And it's all over. One thing I know is this is my life.